Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to After Law, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin. Except no substitute. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Achtung Normal, number 333, half of the number of the beast. My name is Nick Hart. This is the number one podcast broadcasting from South Bermondsey to the world beyond the seas. Um, Welcome to this special edition, dear listeners. We're doing a short news roundup, and I'm going to cover my rather popular uh, random fixtures from the past for you. There's a lot of people that enjoy these random fixtures. So we've got two um, special ones for you today. A New Year's Eve from 1892 and then a New Year's Day more recently from 1975. So I hope you're going to enjoy both of those um, far apart dates from the past. But first we're going to be looking at a little bit of Millwall news. Obviously we've been on an extended break over the course of the Christmas holidays with the COVID um, outbreak in the, in the squad, so the Lions have been had to pass on two fixtures, the Bournemouth and the Bournemouth and the um, I think it was the Watford fixture, wasn't it? Due to be played over Christmas, both now put back into January, crowding an already already packed schedule for not just for Millwall for for the uh, the game generally. Um, the wisdom of playing a full season with both cup, cup competitions starting in September and expecting to finish in you know normal time in April um, is is looking increasingly questionable. But there we are. We are in the hands of our social betters, dear listeners, are we not, on, on that question. But despite no football, dear listener, over Christmas, some Millwall news. I'm just looking at the London News Online excellent Millwall website. Um, the recall, obviously, that's been widely circulated on social media of Danny McNamara, who was playing up in, with St Johnston up in Scotland, um, he's been recalled and is expected to challenge Marlon Romeo for the right-back berth in the second part of the championship campaign. Interesting linked story. Dated 31st yesterday, as I'm recording this. Link story, um, Rowett, Gary Rowett saying that Marlon Romeo is going nowhere. Mill boss rubbishes any talk of defender making a den exit in the January transfer window. Now, we have to take some of this with a pinch of salt, perhaps, because I think you know, it's a cliche, but it's true that in football, there are very few non-selling clubs, even up to and including the greatest and the, and the best. Um, everyone has a price. Now, we don't know if there's been any interest. There seems to be um, movement expected in the club. Whether that includes Romeo or not re- remains to be seen. But 
you can't dismiss the possibility. And the, the fact that McNamara's come back, having had good ratings up there in, in Scotland, does um, give you a two plus two kind of um, piece of arithmetic, doesn't it? And anyway, the, the, the story is being rubbished here by um, by Gary Rowett. So we, we'll see during the, the, the January transfer window that lies ahead. Some injury good news with the, the hint that um, Kenneth Zahor, whose loan period will expire fairly soon, but will remain to be seen whether that can be extended if Mill wants it and if he wants it and if West Bromwich Albion wants it. Obviously, um, a really, really promising start for Zahor before being injured back in October. We've not seen anything of him since. But if, you know, if if the stars, um, if Venus um, sits opposite Mars and, and Jupiter is trying Saturn, then perhaps the, the possibility of Kenneth Zahor coming back, fingers crossed he looks as sharp as he did in that in that goal with um, Preston. It was the away with it, Preston, I think. Um, he looked really sharp. And sharpness up front has been at a premium all season. So he's likely to be at least on the bench against Coventry tomorrow afternoon, which is good news in my opinion, dear listeners. Um, obviously, the you know the the kind of uh, the formation of the B and B partnership up front looks like a fantastic prospect going forwards. Let's hope it stays so, but it can never ever hurt to have quality on the bench or starting up front. So um, let's let's hope that that. Zohor injury does indeed come to pass and we get something of the player that we, we saw a glimpse of back in October. But Gary Rarick, speaking about Troy Parrott, saying Tottenham haven't contacted us about the recall, the alleged recall of Troy Parrott, who's played very little part in the, in the season so far. Um, again, you know, uh, we, we shall see, dear listeners, shan't we? We shall see. Two other bits of um, good news here is uh, the respective extended contracts to Ryan Leonard and Tom Bradshaw, both of whom are um, good good assets to the to the squad, in my opinion, dear listeners. So um, we'll see whether that does indeed mean, as, as Harry, I think, rather cynically put it the other day, that they'll be on their way out in, in the summertime. I, I don't know. But uh, extended contracts for both, both of those players. One last snippet before we close on the current um, it's a rather strange period. No, no, no. There's football, but there's no Millwall. So we, I, I feel kind of like um, I don't know. It's like, it's like looking down on yourself um, while you're asleep. One of those kind of out of body experiences in a way with with football at the moment. Is we're part of it, but we're not part of it. Um, but one other snippet of news before we close out on the current situation is the appointment of one Harvey Bussell, um, who's the new um, head of recruitment at the Den. The departure, obviously, of Alex Aldridge earlier in the season. Um, former journalist, founder of the News at Den website, Alex Aldrich. He, he was uh, appointed under Neil Harris. He left to go to Stoke back at the start of the season. And instead now, after a few months of um, Gary Rowett and, and Adam Barrett um, kind of sharing the duties between them, now we have a head of recruitment, one Harvey Bussell, who comes from Birmingham. Apart from that, and his name resemblance to Darcy Bussell, the um, the, the, the highly attractive uh, ex-ballerina and strictly come dancing uh, hostess. Um, that's about all I'm going to say about Harvey Bussell. He's in one of those jobs where if he's doing well, we won't need to hear about him. And if he's doing badly, he probably ought to be, you know, en route back to, to Birmingham in, in that case. So let's let's hope that works out anyway, because we really do need to up our game on that front, recruitment-wise. So there we are, the Lions facing Coventry City at home at the Den tomorrow afternoon, as I record. 
Uh, I should be watching it on the iFollow. Um, let's hope for a win. It would be nice to start this new year of 2021 with a boost to the spirits because um, God knows we, we need it after that tough, tough t 2020 we've just had. So I thought I'd just leave you with a couple of random fixtures, random fixtures from the past. Now I'm looking at uh, the first of the random years was 1892. And we did one quite recently on 1891, which um, very similar, obviously similar kind of era. Um, but I thought no, I'll go with this 1892 random year, just one year on. Um, it's the East London Adver uh, the East London Observer, forgive me, dated December the 31st that I'm looking at, 1892. Um, football then was given quite, uh, wasn't given a huge coverage at this point. I mean, we're talking about 1892. So this is just seven years after the formation of Millwall Football Club. Um, the game then was very, certainly in London, no league football at this point in, 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 the, in the southern part of the country. The Football League had formed in 1885, famously. Um, that was mostly focused on Lancashire and, and Yorkshire, northern clubs, some in the Midlands with Aston Villa. But certainly down south, um, friendlies and cup competitions, as we said in our previous episode when we referred to the 1891 scene. But this game here, referred to in the, uh, in the East London Observer, Mill Athletic went to Reading, in Caversham, which is um, be their game, their ground prior to Elm Park. Now, I am old enough. I don't know if you're old enough, dear listener, to have been to the old Elm Park ground, which was in the town of Reading, actually in the central part of Reading, pretty much close to the railway station, um, as against the Majeski, which is out near the M4 junction, of course. Well, just to read a little bit from this this quite quaintly worded football report, uh, Millwall Athletic were at Reading on Saturday where they met the well-known club of that name. The Biscuit Eleven have been playing very well lately. The Biscuit Men was the old nickname for Reading Football Club prior to becoming the Royals. I think that coincided with the move to the new stadium in the late 1990s. They seemed to drop the Biscuit Men tag and become the Royals. The link historically in Reading being with the Humpley and Palmer Biscuit Company, of course. Um, I've always liked that as a nickname, I suppose. <laughs> Maybe it appeals to, um, it's a slightly quirky name. A lot of the old nicknames were, weren't they? Like the Toffees and, and uh, the Hatters and the Biscuit Men in Reading's case. Um, but the Biscuit Eleven had been playing very well prior to facing Mill Athletic, the Dockers, as we were known at that point. Large attendance there, it says here. Uh, there was a very large attendance and the spectators had the opportunity of witnessing a splendidly contested game. doesn't give you any indication as to how large an attendance that means. Uh, football at this point, I mean, including the Lions, of course, we've not long moved at, in 1892 to the athletic ground, which had a capacity of something between fifteen to 20,000. But before that, playing in, you know, effectively playing on waste ground in, in the Isle of Dogs, and I think Reading would have been doing similar in Caversham, um, you're probably talking about just a roped-off field with minimal grandstand, minimal terracing, certainly um, embankments perhaps, but not formal terracing as, as we've come to know. Um, so you're probably talking about not much beyond park football at this point. How much that, how much a, a large attendance might have been then? A few thousand, perhaps, maybe two, possibly three thousand. As many as you might be able to get behind ropes around some some open ground. Really, I think you probably got to think in those terms. So perhaps a couple of thousand. 
The Lions won the game, which would have been a friendly. It's not referred to as a cup competition. As we've said a few times back in the early 1890s, it was friendly football and it was cup competitions. And this would have been a friendly almost certainly. The Lions, forgive me, the Dockers, coming out by the winners by two goals to one after a, a very open and keenly contested, splendidly contested game, the East London Observer mentions. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Now just on the tangent, the same column, it's it's one column covering all, all the clubs in um in the kind of eastern side. It mentions Royal Arsenal. Uh, my, my eye was just caught by this. I, I hope you, I know it's a mini podcast, but um, the Royal Arsenal were opposed by a team new to London, it says, namely Burslem Port Vale, a, a well-known club in the Midlands. And the game was, um, you know, the, the powerhouse of the game was Midlands and north of England at this point. So the visit of Port Vale, Burslem Port Vale, as they were still known at this point, to the Royal Arsenal. Uh, and at this stage, they would have been playing in Plumstead club that would become Arsenal, of course, when they moved to Highbury in the end. But at this point, Royal Arsenal would have been playing at the Invicta Ground, which was located just on the south side of Plumstead High Street. Now, anyone that knows the area, um, you kind of, um, it's quite densely packed with Victorian housing. But if you come back a few streets from Plumstead Station, there's a, 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 a section of a couple of roads that kind of uh, create a slight square or rectangle I suppose Hector Street and Mineral Street the ground the Invicta ground was located there on Hector Street stroke Mineral Street and word has it I mean I've never seen this myself I used to work in the area but I've never seen any of the old terracing apparently some of the gardens on Mineral Street um, still have terracing from from the old Arsenal ground they would shuttle between the manor ground, which is roughly where the bus station is, as it uh, heads the road pulls northwards towards Thamesmead nowadays, um, and the Invicta ground. Rent disputes, the man who owned the Invicta ground was a local um, mineral water uh, magnate, hence the name Mineral Street. Um, he put the rent up when they, they were promoted or elected, we should say, to the Football League in the, the mid-1890s. 
So that was where the Invicta ground was located. And the game, the game was um, a win for Burzum by three goals to one. Uh, again, a friendly, no league football for Arsenal. It was the it was the search for the improved standards of league football that drove um, both Arsenal to join the football league, and in time the formation of the Southern League. This would come a couple of years after this particular paper was published, and just a fascinating column is alongside it. I mean, it's nothing to do with football at all, but these these are the things that I my eye falls upon and I just love. Is uh, so you got the football column there that I've just described fixtures, various local teams, West Ham Park, Luton Town v Millwall. Uh, blah 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 and then underneath that you've got the second tower hamlets rifle volunteers honorable colonel sir t fold buxton bart commanding officer this is orders for the week 1892 january 8th various orders drills are suspended until further notice he says um no non-commissioned officer or man is to wear a marksman's badge except those who have won it prior to 1892 uh, tactical and War Game Society uh, meeting, um, headquarters of the of, of the Tower Hamlets Rifle Volunteers, two hundred and thirty seven Whitechapel Road. Um, interesting <laughs> to see military orders in a in a you know a, a, a regular local newspaper, I suppose. Um, but there we are. Such were the times and various fascinating adverts, which I will bore you with till the cows come home. Given half a chance, but that might cause you to turn my podcast off so i won't do that instead we're going to move away from that random fixture there dear listeners and we're going to run you forward by just short of 100 years 80 years in the future to 1975 in actual fact now this is a season that i remember very very well that was a uh, that paper was published on new year's eve 1892 but i'm going to run you fast forward to the Sunday Mirror, Sunday, uh, January the 5th, 1975, FA Cup game. Bury 2, Millwall 2, um, third round of the FA Cup, 1974-75 season. So this would be the very turn of that season into the new year, 1975. I remember this season very well, very disappointing season. I would have been 14 years old at this point, um, just a couple of years into my Millwall life. Um, this was a real crunch season because it was pretty much the um, the end of the Benny Fenton. In fact, Benny Fenton would have gone by this stage. He he left us, I think it was in the January or, or the November, um, after seven or eight years in charge of the Lions and taking us so close to success, of course, when I first began going in 1972. But ever since then, bit by bit, the the club had started to fade. Benny's powers of motivation clearly were not what they were. And 74-75 would finish in, in relegation at the end of the season, relegation to the third division. But this was an FA Cup tie played. Um, this would be the Sunday paper. So it'd be on the Saturday. That would have been January the 4th, 1975. Barry 2, Millwall 2. I'll read you the match report. It's from the Sunday Mirror, as I said. It's after a first half when neither team could produce the finishing touch. The game came alive with four goals in 22 minutes. Barry Kitchener handled the ball, and when police had removed protesting Millwall fans from the pitch, <laughs> um, Hampstead blasted the ball from the spot. So that's 1-0 to Barry after a, a protesters had, had taken to the pitch to protest the, the, um, the handball. I wasn't at this game. I was at the replay. 
So I can't tell you about the handball. Keeper Brian King, um, whose memoirs are now available, of course, brilliantly blocked the shot, but couldn't do anything about Hampstead's follow-up. So 1-0 Berry. Just four minutes later, Gordon Bolland equalised with a penalty after Thompson had handled for Berry. So now one all. Um, substitute Gordon Hill. Great player. Gordon Hill, a magician. Merlin. Great, great player. Crushing when he left us, dear listener. Um, so he'd have been young here. Substitute Gordon Hill. Pushed Mill into the lead in the 79th minute when he neatly lobbed the ball over goalkeeper John Forrest's head. So now 2-1 to Millwall. But Berry bounced back a minute later when Brian Williams scored with a brilliant diving header from a cross by Spence. Despite a last-minute scare when Hooligan cleared off the line, that goal was enough to earn a replay on Tuesday at Colblow Lane with a chance of a home game against Mansfield in the next round. A glittering prize, I'm sure you would agree. So Tool at Gig Lane led to a replay, which I was at. This game, 7th of January, 1975, evening match, Tuesday night game. Um... Replay a one-all draw, disappointing game as I remember. It went to extra time. Phil Summerall scoring for the Lions, only for a last minute, 119th equaliser, minute equaliser for Thompson. No penalty shootouts back then. Dear listeners, so that game would finish one-all in front of 10,274 at Colblow Lane. So third replay was needed, which took place, strange as it might sound in to the modern year, but um, that took place at a neutral venue. So Millwall played Berry at a neutral venue, which was um, the Hawthorns in, in Birmingham. Another a Monday night game, third round, second replay. Um, that finished 2-0 to Berry in front of just 3,000. Um, so that was the end of the of the Lions FA Cup uh, run that season, 29. Let's just have a look at that team that went to, to Berry and lost 2-0. Some great old names here. Brian King, Tony Hazel at number two. John Moore was a great defender, fullback. Alan Dorney, Barry Kitchener, Frank Saul, Doug Alder, Eddie Jones. Brian Clark was a great, great striker. He played for Cardiff. I think he famously had scored a, a goal against was it Real Madrid or Inter Milan, one of the big European sides for Cardiff. In one of the, they used to regularly play in European football by winning the Welsh Cup. Uh, so Brian Clark, Phil Summerill, very disappointing strikers as, as my, to my memory. Then Gordon Hill was an immensely talented winger. And who we would eventually go on to sell to Manchester United and break my little teenage heart when that happened. Welcome to Millwall, Nick. Uh, substitute was Eddie Jones that particular night. Now that would have been 11. I think probably one or two players were coming towards the end of their, of their time. Um, this would have been under Gordon Jago. He'd actually come in in the, in the October um, taking over from Benny Fenton, who had been in charge for many, many years. So most of that squad would have been Benny Fenton players, but it just wasn't happening and would not carry, it would carry on not happening for the season because we would finish relegated that year, um, finishing in 20th position in the second division, being relegated to the third tier. So there we are, New Year's Day 2021, looking back at um, just shortly after. New Year's Day, 1975, in actual fact. And before that, 1892. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this random fixture and any digressions that I make along the way. Do tell me if you like these these kinds of shows. I'm more than happy to keep doing them. Um, so 2021 lies ahead, dear listeners. Um, the season strikes me as still in our hands. If we can get a decent string of results together through January 
if we can start to get the ball forwards and properly, you know, in, in and around the danger area, maybe now with the B&B partnership, possibly Zahor, if that deal can come to pass, then there is still opportunity in front of us. So, fingers crossed, I want to wish you all all the very best for 2021. 2020 was a really tough year. I am personally really looking forward, really hoping that before this season closes, we can all get back down to the den at some point in the normal way, unrestricted, um, having had whatever you know medication is required to, 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 to fend off this virus and get back to the mill that we know and love. And let's hope, let's hope we can string some results together and that will get maybe a bit of a surge going into the late months of the year. So thank you for listening to this, this edition, dear listeners. I'll be back on Sunday with a post-Coventry review. I'll be speaking to Ryan Loftus to get his views on, on, on the on the, on the moral, uh, performance. And until then, in that case, dear listeners, I want to say thank you for listening and arrivederci Millwall. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Aston Millwall. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. Arrivederci Millwall. Till next time. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.